Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm Derek Terry, joined by the man who gets married this weekend. Sean, you're just a few days away from uh, saying I do. How are the nerves right now? Honestly, not too bad. I'm just uh, trying to hope. Yeah, hoping to get everything in this week that has to be done (laughs) and stuff. And uh, one, I think, in my mind, hoping that my suit fits. That is uh, the same thing for me yeah like i'm i'm just i'm really stressed out about that i know i got the text today that that they arrived i know i got mine i don't know if you got yours uh your text today but i'm gonna try to go on and try to get up there this week and get fitted and or at least try it on and see hopefully everything's good i didn't know that when we picked them that it was an ultra slim fit so uh yeah trying to squeeze into that bad boy that'll be the win of the week if i can do that for sure. Well, Sean, speaking of uh, some happenings, we wanted to hop on today and discuss uh, some spring sports, the sports that we don't discuss a whole lot here in Kentucky Daily. Um, I'm going to throw it in here. I, I couldn't have told you, I texted someone this, the tennis team, the men's tennis team at the University of Kentucky made the national championship this season. Uh, first time in school history, they advanced this far. Uh, so congratulations to them. I just wanted to give them some recognition. I have nothing else to add past that but congratulations to the men's tennis team uh, sean they were very close to a, a kentucky versus tennessee national championship uh, but as it was virginia defeated tennessee in the semifinals and then went on to uh i think they beat kentucky pretty good as well i'm not so sure it was a very close championship game but regardless really a great season uh for that team to advance that far into the tournament but the two things we wanted to talk about today uh, the softball program at UK and then baseball. Baseball will start up the SEC tournament tomorrow night. Sometime, uh, from what I saw earlier, the weather in Hoover looks terrible. And when you're playing a, a baseball tournament, obviously outdoors and games typically, I'm not so sure that tournament really gets started on time anyway. I mean, you're talking about a potential, I don't even know like what time they might get started tomorrow night if there are delays. But Sean, Kentucky softball, Pulled a pretty big upset on Saturday afternoon. Renee Abernathy had a three-run home run on the top of the seventh to beat Virginia Tech, which was the number three national seed. But unfortunately for that team, they fell twice yesterday to Virginia Tech, once nine to two, and the other time five to four. They had the tying run on second base uh, when the game ended, or maybe third base. But you've been around a little while, Sean. Rachel Lawson, this seems like every year, right? This is just a program that expects to win. Yeah, it is a program that, as you said before we got on here, and I'm seeing it now in their press release, that hadn't missed advancing to Super Regionals since 2016. Obviously, the 2020 season, you know, the tournament, everything wasn't played, but this has been a program that's been very good uh, for a long time now. Uh, I know that they were ranked in top 15, top 16 going into the tournament. They got a really tough draw going to Virginia Tech. I did see the highlight of that home run on yeah. Saturday that gave them the win. I mean, that was a huge clutch hit that, that gave Kentucky a, a real shot to win that series. I know they got an early lead in game two, or the first game on Sunday, the second game of that series, and just could not hold on. Uh, but it's a program that finished 38-19 this year. They, they had another good year, but you know, you know that one stings. It, it wasn't a good day to be playing Virginia schools for <laughs> UK <laughs> athletics yesterday and, and big-time moments with uh, tennis losing to Virginia and then Virginia Tech. Uh, getting the best at Kentucky, but uh, yeah, there, there's. I, I'm I'm assuming we'll get into uh, how this rosters and stuff will look next year, but there there's still a lot of talent on that UK roster for for Rachel Lawson, a lot of really good talent coming back. 
There will be. I believe on the broadcast they said that Kayla Kowalik, uh, their star catcher, is planning to come back for another year. That's something I'll get into when we talk about baseball. Man, it is just so hard to know with that COVID year. Like, softball is a little different. Obviously, with the baseball, you're on the draft. You talk about leverage in terms of the draft, when you can maximize kind of how much money you can make. It's a little bit different in baseball. Whereas softball, maybe you'll see more students who uh, who might decide to take the fifth year. I know not everybody will. I can remember back when the pandemic first happened and, and they were allowing people to come back if they want. Well, a lot of people had already made plans for grad school, things like that. Um, but now with this group, you know, they've had a few more years to, to kind of get used to it and think about it. But this comes from Corey Price, a few softball program records this year. So this was a really spectacular off- offensive season for Kentucky softball. These are records that they either set or tied. And that was in runs scored, which tied the record at 381. And then all of these other things, I believe, set the school record. The team batting average was 333. The They had 506 hits as a team, 85 home runs, 353 runs batted in, and 858 total bases. This was a really fun team to watch. Yeah, they were a really good team, a really good fun team to watch too. Uh, I didn't get to watch as many games uh, this season as I normally would. I uh, didn't. Uh, this is when we, when we first moved. I, I did away with cable, <laughs> so I did to watch ESPN a couple of times. But I get I did get to watch some games. I didn't get to make it out to a game, but yeah, a, a fun team to watch. Like I said, good young talent that they have coming back uh, for next season. You mentioned Calic there, Aaron Coffel hitting home runs. Uh, just a really good young team. I know I saw a lot of discussions about pitching, that possibly pitching kind of let them down and stuff at this point in the season, and maybe that's an area where they need to continue to improve and maybe get stronger with their arms and stuff going into next season. I, I don't really know much beyond that. or i have not really dove into what they've got coming in recruiting class-wise. No, but It's really hard to find. It is very hard to find, but what she has built, though, you know that she's going to have a good, good young talent coming in from the high school route. The transfer portal is always an option, especially in these sports as well. So uh, I'm sure Kentucky will be right there. And then it would have set up an all-SEC matchup in, in the Supers. It would have mm-hmm. been Kentucky and Florida, a uh, Florida team that I think took care of. Was it Georgia Tech that they beat, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, might have been, but I know Kentucky played Florida in the SEC tournament, and Florida beat yeah. them. It was hosted at the University of Florida this year. So they had a home field advantage in the SEC tournament. Yeah, sorry it took me so long to respond to you. I had you muted, and I'm on my phone. <laughs> so it took, good. I was trying every time I kept clicking the button, it keep muting you back. <laughs> uh, but Sean, like you said, you didn't really know what they had coming in. I, I looked it up. I was on a look on Softball America. I subscribed to Baseball America, uh, but that Softball America is something separate. So it, as hard as it is to find information, I even looked up to see if there was UK press release. If there was one, I couldn't find it in terms of their signees, but I think you said it pretty well uh, with what Rachel Lawson has done over her 15 years or whatever it's been now, you can pretty much count on really good players coming in here next year. Yeah, you can. And, and, you know, the thing with, you know, I, like I said, I need to make it out to more games and I, I wish I lived in Lexington to where I could, where it was convenient to, to get out there. By the mm-hmm. time I go through, the football season and then straight in the NCAA tournament and basketball season, like by I'm usually April, May, I kind of hibernate. <laughs> and, oh yeah. Uh, and, and kind of, you remember that from the, from the beat days, you're Certainly. just so spent by the time you get to the spring. Uh, and most of these seasons are kind of halfway over by the time we get off the basketball grind. But uh, no, this is a, this is a good program that continues to win. 
they had themselves in a position to go to the Supers again. They got to a decisive game three against a very good opponent that you could see advance to that Women's College World Series. I mean, Virginia Tech, highly rated program, uh, and they gave themselves a chance to win. They had a lead, two to one through three innings in that game, and then uh, Virginia Tech scored eight unanswered runs, and then uh, they couldn't hold on, and then they gave themselves a chance to win game three. They come to the to the plate with the tying run on and uh, just – didn't get that hit that they needed and push that extra run across. But this is a program and a, and a team that in the SEC, Derek, it's like it is in every other sport, whether you talk baseball, whether you talk football, you're starting to see it in basketball, women's basketball, the, the SEC is just a gauntlet. Yeah. And it's just, there are really good softball teams that if you took them out of the middle of the pack of the SEC and put them somewhere else, they might be top five in the country in another league, but it's just, it's so hard to win in these leagues, but Rachel Lawson has done a very good job for a very, very long time. Like, you know, that it's going to be a stable program. Absolutely. And you're talking about, they ran into a Virginia tech team that I believe had never hosted a regional before. I think this was the first time in their program's history they had. And, uh, I'm not sure I probably need to be fact checked on this. I'm not sure if they'd ever won a regional before. So I think this is uh really like a historic season for Virginia tech. So, you know, you ran into that sometimes, it- Things and being happen. on the road too that that's usually mm-hmm. a that's usually a round where kentucky's been able to host for a long time now yes uh, first time, i think it's five years that they had to go right and, and yeah and it makes a huge difference i mean if you mm-hmm. then you remember it always seemed like they would end up going west for supers they'd go to oregon or they'd go to ucla or they'd go to washington or somewhere but uh, it was definitely different for them to be on the road this year but they like you said, they they gave themselves a chance. They just couldn't get it done, and uh, Virginia Tech marched on. Got a little, I'm going to sneak in some basketball news here real quick. We won't spend much time on this, but Keon Brooks, according to Jeff Goodman, says, uh, he's withdrawn from the NBA draft. So Keon will not be back at Kentucky next year, but he will be playing college basketball somewhere. So I wanted to throw that little bit of news in before we transitioned over to baseball. Sean, if you want to give a quick thought on that, go for it. It's honestly what I thought it was gonna what I thought was gonna happen what seven weeks ago. That has it been it's been about eight weeks, I guess, since the season ended in March. It's hard to believe it's been that long since that, that opening weekend loss, but no shock, honestly. I I think that you know, I, I kept saying that and I kept saying it and I wrote about it and everybody's probably looking like, Man, why do you keep talking about Keon Brooks not even being on this roster? Like why you're not even giving it a chance? I just I didn't see the fit. I I just thought that we're to a point now where Keon's played three years at Kentucky. The NBA wasn't going to be an option for Keon right now. And I, our professional basketball, I thought it would be somewhere else in college, and that's ultimately what's what it's going to be. And I will say this, Derek, uh, it, it might not have been – it might not have worked out for Keon the way he wanted it to at Kentucky and maybe the way that a lot of fans wanted it to. He was still a solid player. He still had really good numbers and, and had his moments. There will be a long list of schools that will be in contact with him, and it wouldn't shock me if Kentucky looks up and they might be planning next year, whether he goes to an SEC school or goes to a school that's going to be on their schedule. It wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, and Keon, uh, I think I've probably said this on this podcast. If not, I, I think I definitely said it off the pod. Like, I think if wherever he transfers, I think he's a, a transfer worth being excited about. I really do. I think he's a solid player. I think he'll help somebody. Uh, but Sean, let's let's flip over to, to college baseball here. Kentucky, the baseball program, uh, finished 12th in the SEC. They got the very last bid. 
They won a weekend series against Auburn at Kentucky Proud Park. Uh, it was a Thursday through Saturday series, as uh, all the SEC series were, as the SEC tournament begins this week. Uh, finished regular season 30 and 24. Uh, it was the most wins in a regular season for Kentucky since 2018, and they finished 12 and 18. Uh, once again, same record as last year. Um, and I'll get into the, to that record uh, here in a little bit. But, Sean, you, you coach. Give me your perspective on having to play a team three times in a row. And I know it's baseball, but three times in a row and then go back and then play them once, once again uh, the very next week in an SEC tournament. I mean, that, that seems like a – I don't know if I'd – I don't know how I feel. How do you feel about that? It's it's one of the most challenging things, yeah. honestly, because from a preparation standpoint, it's it's so difficult and and not only from preparation. And it's different when you're talking about 18, 19, 20 year old you know, guys, uh, you, you, there's a different level of maturity there. But, you know, I've, I've been in, I've been in spots like this. I'll, I'll tell you a story. So one year when I was coaching, we already knew the layout for our league tournament. And we were playing the team that we were going to play in the first round. They had beaten us by like 14 in the first game of the year. So I lost the game on purpose in the regular season finale. And I know that sounds crazy. I played my entire bench. I didn't play my starters. And we lost by 14. And then four days later, we go into the league tournament. We went by 27. Uh, because uh, but it's easier to do when you're talking about middle school kids, right? But so, so <laughs> and nobody wants to lose a game intentionally, especially at the collegiate level. But no, it is to me, it presents it's a difficult thing, and and on both sides, really, you're you're familiar with what these teams do, but now whatever those results were, they they don't matter. Like you're you're going to this thing, you're you're trying to win it, you're trying to win that one game to advance and uh, keep your season alive. It's it's definitely not your favorite thing to do for a coach because at that point you can throw preparation out the window. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah. And I think Butch Thompson, Auburn's head coach, I, I want to say I'm almost positive that he – he should know Minji on pretty well. Those two, I believe, coached together at Mississippi State. I think that's where Thompson came from. I think he was a pitching coach under John Cohen for a number of years before going to Auburn. But I was talking about Kentucky's record, and I've had people reach out to me. We talked a little baseball last year about the state of the program, uh, how things were going at that point. This, to me, has been a an interesting year to evaluate. I haven't um, – haven't watched every single game, but I have kept up with this team a lot, basically like always. It's it's a hobby of mine, honestly. I, I, I've always really enjoyed Kentucky baseball, whether I was covering it or, or just following along. I just – I like going to the ballpark, things like that. 
I mentioned that last season, Kentucky went 12 and 18 in the SEC. I went and I utilized the tool that they have uh, on d1baseball.com, which is a by the numbers page. And you could look on um, any year, I think going back to 2017 is when they started it. So conveniently, the whole Minji on here, uh, since that was the first year he got here. Last year, Sean, I'm going to read off some numbers to you. Hopefully, this will be easy to keep up with uh, through the podcast. Kentucky finished the RPI last year because right now we're still talking about UK needs a lot to go right to get into the NCAA tournament, but they're not totally. I mean, they're going to have to do a lot of damage, basically. But I'm just comparing last year to this year when it was kind of seen as the same thing, I think, where you tried to win that first game since it goes to a double elimination bracket after the, you know, you got to win the first game and then you can lose up to two games. We'll lose two games before you get eliminated. So last year, Kentucky's RPI, this is the 2021 season. Kentucky was 68th uh, and the strength of schedule is 48, which is pretty low, I think, for an SEC team, a 48 strength of schedule. Against teams that finished the season in the RPI ranked either first through 25th, so, you know, the best teams you put on your schedule, Kentucky in 2021 went three and 13. So they really struggled against the top teams, but some of their better wins came in the 26 to 50 range. Kentucky went five and seven last year in that range. So again, they went 12 and 18 last year, went 12 and 18 once again this year, but Sean, listen to the difference this year in terms of the quality of wins. Kentucky against teams ranked in the RPI one through 25 this year, they went nine and 10. Yeah. So a six win difference, almost played 500 baseball against the best teams on their schedule. Let me add too, in terms of the strength of schedule, I said it was a 48 last year. It was 17th this year. So the overall number of games won by Kentucky in the league was the same. And and again, I think some of these uh, almost for sure, one of these, two of these RPI wins uh, came against TCU. So a non-conference series that they had at home. But that tells me, Sean, in um, – What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's even though it doesn't show up in terms of the overall wins, like to me, and maybe you feel differently, but to me, that shows like a a better quality this year. Would you agree it, with that? To, no, to I, I, yeah. I do agree with it. I, I think it has been a significant better quality this season from, from you know from what they've done. When you look at their body of work, when you dig deep into it. They've beaten some good teams. They've beaten some very good teams. And, I mean, you're talking about a team that's 12 and 18 in the league, but they did win a series against Tennessee. They they had a chance to sweep Tennessee, a a Tennessee team that only lost seven games the entire year, two of them to Kentucky, only five losses in the league. I mean, 25 and five, been beating teams by 20-plus runs. Uh, It seemed like when they played the best competition, you got Kentucky's best more often than not. But then they did have those those series where they didn't perform well against teams that you would expect them to be able to be. Like uh, I remember, I think it was the Missouri series right. that they just did not look good at all. And that's been a while ago, but that was one of those deal breaker series where we looked at and thought, okay, like where does this series, where does this season go from here? And then they'll bounce back and get a, a series win. I know they had Georgia in a series and was successful against them. And then you had Tennessee, you they, they played very well, I think, against Ole Miss there early on in the season. So it's been a team that's kind of it, – it's been hard to follow because you'll be like, all right, man, they're playing very well, and then they'll go to South Carolina and struggle or they'll come back and play very well again. It's been, a, it's been up and down, but when you dive into it, though, and you look at their overall body of work, it's been significantly better than what it has been. Yeah, I want to point out um, 
to, to cherry pick a stat. Nine wins against those one through 25 teams in the RPI. That is the most under Mingione. I was a little surprised as I went and looked at the 2017 team. I figured they were at least in the conversation. It turned out the 2017 team, they played a lot of games and won a lot of games against teams that were ranked 26 through 50. So I get a lot of people who have covered baseball for a long time um, who ask about the state of the program, you know, what what's going to happen. Because as it is right now, um, unless they go on a hell of a run in Hoover, you know, such as the UK women's basketball team did, you know, they made a lot of noise, solidified their spot. That was before they even actually won the thing. You know, they reached a certain point where they'd beat so many good teams. You knew they were at least going to get in to the NCAA tournament. I think Kentucky's not to have a whole lot going right this weekend. Yeah. The good news would be if they beat Auburn tomorrow night, uh, you're looking at another top 25 RPI win. That would give them 10. And then they play LSU the next day. So that's another top 25 team in the RPI. So if you find a way to win those first two, I don't really know exactly where their RPI would jump to. But at that point, you still have, you know, for sure, two games to play with. And I think the way the bracket sets up, you'd probably play Tennessee. So you would. Yep. So, I mean, that would be the chance if you found a way to beat those guys I mean, hell they might get in at that point so you're talking about a lot having to go right i mean the chances that they would be able to win all three of those games um you know probably not great but like you said this season against the best teams on their schedule more often than not they found a way to they win have those games it's been the consistency i think from when i've watched them this year i really think it's just been the fact that you mentioned that series against missouri well missouri didn't make the sec tournament they lost that series um on the road at South Carolina, they, they lost, but they were only swept once the very opening weekend at Arkansas a team that uh, was one of the better teams in the SEC. They got one of the buys. They finished top four in the league. Um, but no, I, I almost feel like they did improve this year, but it was the consistency. So I don't like, I don't know what's going to, I mean, Minjian still has, I think like three years left on his contract um i would i would lean towards no one's really asked me i, I would lean towards thinking he's gonna get at least another season i do feel that way because i i think the way it sets up and i don't really like using the injury excuse outside of 2018 i think it was legitimate whenever you had a guy like zach thompson who didn't even throw 10 sec innings like i think it's pretty easy to look back on that season and say if we had this eventual first round draft pick pitching we would have found a way to win like one more game that's probably all that team needed <laughs> no kidding i think they really just needed one more win in the sec to uh solidify their spot but they did have a few injuries this year but every team does especially in a, a sport like baseball you're gonna have pitchers who who get injured but and i do think they played well enough that if they didn't lose Darren Williams, who had thrown probably as well as anybody on the team, and then Cole Stupp. Stupp was struggling this year. Maybe his injury did contribute to that even before. You know, he was lost for the season. Maybe he just wasn't feeling right this year. But he was a guy last year who was their Friday night starter who had some really quality starts for him. So I think you can say, you know, if they don't lose these two guys, they're probably worth two or three wins. And maybe you're in a spot where you just need one win in Hoover to to make the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure. But – I probably feel, regardless of what happens tomorrow, I think I'm probably a little more optimistic about how things have gone. Because last year, I mentioned that number to you. They just seemed like a lot of people were unhappy. They they didn't really beat many good teams. It just didn't seem like that, that good of a year. Whereas this year, the overall number of SEC wins probably isn't where you want it to be. But there's at least some quality there. Where you're the only team that beat Tennessee in a weekend series, you – beat a ranked Auburn team, you beat a ranked TCU team. There, there's some good things that happened for this team this year. 
Yeah, and the, they won four or five, you know, going into postseason play here. So uh, we'll see. And then I know they had that uh, that game versus UT Martin. I know it was canceled that midweek game. Then they lost two of three to South Carolina. But prior to that, they had won that weekend series versus Tennessee. They'd won the finale uh, on the road at Florida. So like, if if you're looking at May only, they've they've been playing really good baseball outside of that South Carolina weekend. They've been pretty solid. Uh, so we'll see where they are. I guess. I'll ask you this. Would you rather be in Auburn spot tomorrow or would you rather be in Kentucky spot? I know you won two of three from them at home. Uh, whose spot would you rather be in going into that one? The team that just lost the series to end the year or the team that just won the series with some momentum? Yeah, I, well, I don't know who Auburn's throwing. I know Kentucky's going to throw Sean Harney, and Harney's kind of been there uh, really kind of – Swiss Army knife. I mean, his, his his career at Kentucky, he has started games, he's closed games, he's kind of done whatever they've needed him to. He's he's been he's been a I think a fantastic transfer the last two seasons. Only thing with Harney, I need to ask Matt May about this. He's got to be pushing like this dude hit so many batters, man. I think I calculated it up. It was the uh, South Carolina series, maybe he hit like thirty five guys over the last two seasons, which I, I make light of it, but I mean you're putting someone on base for free. Because, you know, he doesn't get hit very hard. He gets a lot of strikeouts. I think he's a really good college pitcher. But um, I don't know who Auburn's going to throw, but I would imagine Harney's going to go for Kentucky as long as he can. He pitched, I think, against Florida last year in the SEC tournament. I want to say he was a starter. So I think he's – you're talking about someone who's pitched in this ballpark, who's familiar with the SEC tournament. I, I don't know, Sean. I got a feeling. I think they're going to win tomorrow night. I really do. I got that feeling that they're going to find a way and then – who knows what can happen once you get in there. They didn't play LSU in the regular season, but LSU, I watched them play a little bit against Vanderbilt this weekend. Man, they got some offense that can flip it in a hurry. Uh, good team. So, I mean, th- if they are to, to make a run in Hoover, they will have earned it because every single team they're going to play down there is likely ranked in the top 25. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's definitely – it's one of those things where we're talking about the SEC and, and how good – you know, the league is like you, you win one and you're going right up against another juggernaut, you know, the next day and teams fighting for postseason live and, and, and seating and then how they're going to be uh, in that next tournament and stuff. But there's uh, a lot of talent, but I, I do think Kentucky will have a chance to beat Auburn tomorrow night. And if, if you win that one, you get some momentum. You have the benefit of having played. You got yeah. some nerves out of the way. Yeah. You're in that stadium. You, you've been out there. You've been on the dirt. You come back out the next day, and then you never know what can happen. And if they get a couple of wins, you get a matchup with Tennessee, a team that you found a way to beat twice this season. And uh, you, you never know. You never know what can happen. By that point, though, you're into so many arms uh, that you yeah. you don't have as many you don't have as many arms as these these higher seeded teams in the league do because they've had the ability to kind of sit there and rest. So while you do have an advantage to playing, uh, there is a disadvantage to uh, to getting into that pin and getting into your arms and and things. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they choose to manage it. A couple notes here as we wrap up. Uh, Kentucky's one and four in the SEC tournament under Nick Mingione. The very first game they played in the SEC tournament under Nick Mingione, they defeated South Carolina. That was the last time they won. They ended up losing to LSU and South Carolina in that tournament in 2017. They lost to Auburn in 2018 in extra innings. Uh, did not make the SEC tournament in 2019, and then obviously the whole season was canceled in 2020, and Kentucky lost to Florida last year in the opening round of the SEC tournament. So they're going to look to reverse that trend. 
Uh, some accomplishments. Tyler Guilfoyle was named uh, an All-SEC pitcher. I believe he was the only relief pitcher to make it. And he has had, if you don't really follow baseball, or even if you do follow baseball, this has been truly one of the best seasons from a reliever in Kentucky baseball history. His numbers have been fantastic. I actually think he gave up a couple of home runs the other day to Auburn. But up until that, he'd been kind of unhittable. And Kentucky, I want to say, has won. I was looking this up when I was looking at his stats. I think they've won the last five games he's pitched in. So they've gotten into a spot where if you can just give him the ball when it's either tied or with a lead, and you got a very good chance to win. So that's something to keep in mind tomorrow if they do go the route with Sean Harney. Daniel Harper's been a guy who's been very good this year. He's in his fifth year with Kentucky. He's had a long career. Um, I would imagine, you know, it's going to be all hands on deck because you got to win that first game to, to even give yourself a chance. But Ryan Ritter, uh, junior shortstop, he was on the all-defensive team. He will likely be uh, – I would say probably four through six rounder here in the end of July when they do the MLB draft, but something to watch for uh, tomorrow night. And again, I think the approximate starting time is 8.30 p.m. I'm going to guess it starts quite a bit later than that. But, Sean, if there's anything else you want to add, go for it. I think that just about wraps everything up uh, when it comes to to baseball and softball. We, we touched on tennis, obviously. Uh, men's basketball, we will talk about here i'm assuming we can get an episode in this week and kind of just give a rundown of of what this roster is going to look like Derek. because in, in my opinion i i think that they're they're pretty much done unless somebody withdraws from the nba draft that just makes a ton of sense or if they can find a guy that, that's looking to transfer maybe for uh, to me it, it has to be i don't think they're going to go get a dude that's going to be a stud or a star but i think that there might be a role guy that could maybe emerge that they possibly take a look at because uh, it kind of seems like that they're they're set in stone and what they want. Uh, I think they have a lot of good pieces coming back that we can talk about. And, and uh, I, I do think it will be a good year. It just, uh, it's one of those years where I think we're going to have to hold our breath and just hope that everybody stays healthy. And they, they have some guys that have had some history in the backcourt of getting banged up and Wheeler and Frederick. So I think that's my biggest concern. I think that's going to be my biggest talking point going all the way up into the season. If they don't add somebody else is the durability and can they stay healthy? And if they do, I think they'll have a really good shot. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Well, he's Sean Smith. I'm Derek Terry. Uh, Kentucky Daily, as always, is brought to you by Blue Wire Pods. We're also sponsored by the Butcher's Pub, three locations in London, Williamsburg, and Pineville. Sean, when was the last time you went out there and saw those guys at the Butcher's Pub? I was, I was actually out there last Wednesday night. I thought you uh, might have been. You might yep, have been out there uh, it's usually out there. We try to go once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks. We go hang out with Josh and have a good time but man they're uh they got a brand new menu uh really good really good food items i'm always i'm still all about the buffalo chicken sandwich you know that <laughs> and uh some of the best appetizers you can find at, at the place but just a uh, really good atmosphere all three locations uh derek said there london palmville and williamsburg yeah gotta stay away this week fitting that suit so i know i uh, trust me chicken and rice chicken and rice chicken and rice there you go. Well, he's been Sean Smith. Uh, he is Sean Smith. He will always be Sean Smith. He has been. Uh, I'm Derek Terry. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. <laughs>